Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Resilient mm-hmm. Pastor Podcast. I'm joined by my wife, Holly. Hi, babe. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, and we've written this book together called The Intentional mm-hmm. Year, and it's based off a retreat that we've done together for oh, at least 12 years, maybe a little more. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea of the retreat is to basically call a bit of a timeout, um, you know, like an athlete would, like you would in a sporting event, and make sure that you're not just living your life on the default settings, you know? And so the goal is to sort of say, all right, how do we take stock? How do we reflect on the past? How do we uh, make sure that what we're doing, what we're living on uh, is living on purpose? So we want to just talk today about intentional spirituality. And you you can do this at really at the start of this year. You know, this is, you're listening to this at the very beginning of 2023. And it's a great time to do this, you know, single, married, whatever. You can, we know people who have done, um, followed these notes and done something like this alone or with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but let's, let me just start by saying that the goal of intentional spirituality, it's not like one more practice. It's not like one more thing to do. It's not uh, a, a one more marker on your to-do list. The goal is to offer our whole lives as worship before God. And that's, you know, if you were to say, what man, what do we want for our lives this year as pastors, as church leaders? I, I want to make sure that I'm offering everything that I am to God in worship. And I think we don't want to compartmentalize our faith. We don't want to say like, this is, you know, I have the spiritual part of my life where I go to church or I pray mm-hmm. or I, you know, I have certain um, certain disciplines or things mm-hmm. that I do, that this is my life with God. And then, you know, the rest of my eating and working yeah. and playing that that's just that's not a you know part of my life that God's interested in so we really want to focus everything being you know God being at the center of everything that we're doing as we pursue being intentional with him so we want to read a scripture Romans 12 1 through 2 in the message it says so here's what I want you to do God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's so beautiful. Um, I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases mm-hmm. Romans 12 that way. And that that's the goal of all of this. And so the book, you know, after, you know, so many years of doing this retreat, people would ask us, like, how do you do this retreat? What do you mm-hmm. do? What are the practices? And over the years, I mean, this kind of was an idea that other people sort of suggested to us. But over right. time, we developed kind of our own sort of structure to it. And so we don't want to guide you through every piece of it, but just sort of the main pieces of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, and, and, and again, maybe it's important to say, even if you don't do this as a whole, like, you know, two night retreat or something, uh, you could still do these practices in a particular sequence, in the sequence together. Absolutely. Yeah. We know we have friends who are in different stages and mm-hmm. who might, you know, take the first part of it and go off one night and do it and then maybe do date nights. Or if you're single, you're like, okay, I'm going to, just take some space and do mm-hmm. one part of it at a time. Yeah. So let's start with the first part. The first movement, if you will, is how to reflect on your life. Why don't you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So um, this part is based on the prayer of examine, which some of you might have have heard of. Um, we kind of call it the prayer of reflection. And so basically what it is, is 
taking, um, really stopping to, to pause first, even before you get into this. So we recommend just sitting with God, taking, maybe it's a couple minutes of silence. Maybe it's, um, for some people, it's like, oh, I've been doing silence and solitude for a long time, Holly. So I can sit, you know, maybe for 20 minutes and sort of imagine, you know, what it's like to just sit with the Lord and um, before you even get into this practice. So that's kind of the first step is rest. So the next step is to review. And so this part involves really taking a look at the past year of your life. And there's various ways you can do this. You know, maybe it's sitting and asking the Lord, Lord, help me remember some significant moments from this year, or um, help me remember, was did I have a certain emotion that was really <laughs> pervasive this year? Um, maybe there, maybe you had a death of someone in your family, or maybe you became a single parent this year, something really significant that changed the course of your life. So just looking through and thinking through and asking the Lord to bring those things to your mind. Another way to do it, I've done different things over the years, but another way to review the year is to actually take your calendar. So if you have paper or for me, I have it in my phone and I'm, you know, it, does, it could be just a quick glance through the months to see, is there anything particular that stands out, um, you know, that I'm seeing in these, maybe it was a vacation that either went really well or went poorly <laughs> and that caused you to have certain thoughts or feelings. And in the book, we have a bunch of questions specifically. We won't go through all those here today, but maybe a couple would be things like, what were some high points, mountaintops over the past year? Um, what were the, some of the low moments or valleys? What was an average day like? Um, I remember one year where I, when I looked at the year, I was like, mm. oh, consistently talking about my physical body and mm. how that was impacting the like rest of my and, health and yeah. wellness. And I realized, I think God's trying to get my attention here, mm. you know. Mm. That's really good. So rest, review, and then what happens? And then rejoice. And so this is a part of um, the gratitude section. And so um, Glenn and I are usually writing all this down in a journal. So we're writing, you know, things that stick out to us about mm -hmm. the year and then um, spending time to uh, rejoice about, you know, what in all of this mm -hmm. in the midst of grief or mm -hmm. sorrow or loss, um, what were the things that we can be grateful for mm -hmm. and joyful for? And then um, the fourth section is repent. Yeah, I mean, this is the part that's a little harder, isn't it? Because you're, you're reviewing the year, you're you're thinking through it, you're recognizing the gifts that the Lord has given, so you're rejoicing, this kind of gratitude, like Holly said. But the repent part, that that's where you start to say, okay, there, you know, there's some places where I fell short, the places I didn't give and receive love. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, and, and maybe some of you, you know, relate to this, like I'm always coming into the house at the end of the workday carrying in a lot of the work concerns with me. So I come in and I'm like still thinking about my phone and checking Slack and texts and trying to, you know, finish up to-do lists. And so when I think, when I, when I have that visual, you know, as I'm reviewing the year, I have that visual, I kind of think, okay, that I need to change that. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to enter next year like that. So repent. And then the final one is request. Yeah. So basically this is just really asking the Lord for grace to mm -hmm. step into this next year or give me the grace to live um, well, to receive your gifts, mm -hmm. um, to, you know, really asking the Lord for his presence to be known to you, yeah. to have eyes to see him, have ears to hear him yeah. as we move forward. So all of that's resting, reviewing, rejoicing, repenting, requesting, all of that is, is part of the first practice in the book, which is right looking back, it's this prayer of reflection. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, again, as part of orientation, the, the, the book is in, in, in um, broken up into thirds, but like 
this first third is really pre- preparatory, preparatory, yeah, preparatory sort of work. <laughs> so there's the the you know um, prayer of reflection, and then there's the listening for a word for the year. Now, now you guys, your pastors, your church leaders, you know how to hear from God, but I just want to say a couple things that can be helpful to ask the Lord as you're um, as you're uh, you, you know beginning to listen. And, and the first is, I think very often of that story of Samuel where Eli says to him, "Hey, next time you hear this voice, you know, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening.'" And so the first thing in in listening to God is take the posture of a servant. Be ready to respond like a servant. Um, so many of us, if I'm honest, like I don't want God to speak because I'm not necessarily, there are certain things I don't want him to say to me. And you, you know our story. We just moved to California last, the middle of last year. And at the beginning of last year, it was like we were praying about our future. And we were wrestling with this possibility. We didn't really, or I didn't really want God to say, yes, go, you know, but you got to take the posture of a servant. And then second, secondly, of course, you know, you, you get this, your pastors start with what scripture has already revealed. Um, so there's things that God has made clear in his word. You can start there, uh, listen for the clear and the quiet. Sometimes it's paying attention to repeated themes in your life. You know, Holly, like you were saying that you're, you're wrestling with a lot of sort of health challenges. Mm-hmm. A lot of your repeated prayers were Lord, I want wholeness. I want you know healing and mm-hmm. flourishing. So that could be like a theme for the next season of the, of the year. And then, of course, finally, you want to test that word with trusted friends because, um, you know, we can. I mean, the big one for us, like this whole word of you, I think you had the word go at the beginning of last right. year. Right. And I had this phrase of like, it's going to be a year of death and resurrection. Well, that's that's heavy stuff. We wanted to test it with some friends. And so that helps. But there's something else we can do as we're listening for a word for the year. Yeah, I think something to keep in mind just as we're thinking through all this is as we list, as we prepare to listen and pray, um, a couple questions or prayers I think are helpful. And one is, Lord, what season am I in? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, yeah, this one has been really key for us, I think, mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. um there's so many different seasons we could be in. We could, you know, we don't want to look to our right or to our left or, you know, okay, this other church leader is doing it like this, or this yes, pastor yes. is, you know, their church, you know, it looks like this, or mm-hmm. my family's life, like maybe some of our friends, we feel this pressure comparison to, to have things look, you know, exactly like them. But I would encourage you to really not look to the right or to the left to yeah. just think of, to really think of it. Sometimes it helps me to think of it as the Lord has given me, given us our mm. a puzzle. Like mm. we have our own mm. puzzle. We have our own puzzle pieces and how has the Lord put those together for you in this season? Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I like the puzzle um, image, babe, because it does feel like sometimes life is like a bunch of scrambled pieces and we're like, oh, what, how are we supposed to assemble this? Right. And in a moment, we're going to say the next step is to take an inventory. But before we say that, just one more thing about the seasons. Every season that we're in has limitations and invitations. In, in other words, there are things God is asking us to say no to. That's the limitations. Like, hey, I, I just can't do all that. And there are things God is inviting us to say yes to. So limitations and invitations. And it's helpful to think that you you can't do it all. But you can do more than you realize. You just can't do them all at the same time. Right. Right. So it's like, well, this is the season to, to lean in more on this um, aspect of my life. And then will come this one. Some of you, maybe you're thinking about going back to school or seminary or uh, pursuing that doctorate. When I was doing the doctorate, it's like in order to say yes to that, I had to say no to travel. So there's limitations and invitations with that. I think we can also think about like, what is our personality like? Mm. What capacity do we have? I know one has a really big capacity <laughs> and um, I don't, you know, mine isn't as big in different seasons. And so just really being, I think, willing to 
really look at that yeah. and see that yeah. so that we can discern, you know, what, how much God has given us That's to really great. move forward with. So then the middle third of the book is really the, the longest section of the book. It's about how to actually take an inventory of your life. And we go over five spheres. You want to unpack that? Yes. So, um, so the love of God is at the center, of course. And many of you have seen this probably in, um, maybe other pictures before, but, um, we have these concentric circles that we're working with here with the love of God um, as the center. So we have relationships, prayer, rest, renewal, and work. And so we're looking at all these different spheres of our life and praying through and thinking about what does God want us to have in each of these parts of the life? I'm sure for many of you, mm-hmm. um, you are already have practices of prayer and um, rest, renewal, work, relationships. But so I would encourage you as you're thinking through this to maybe write down what 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 rhythms do I already have? Maybe some are really positive and you think, I think the Lord has led me to these and these are working. Yes. And other ones, you know, maybe it's like, oh, I'm so exhausted at the end of the day. I'm staying up and falling asleep to Netflix. Oh, hey, and, hey, 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 no, that's, uh, that's a little close <laughs> to home. Maybe, I mean, does the Lord, maybe the Lord wants you, is inviting you to that. Maybe not. Maybe it's not as great is great for you in this season. Did you want to talk about um, the sphere of when you went to the conference that one time and kind of what you felt the Lord was saying? Well, just, yeah, just so you can imagine a Venn diagram and we had our publisher was brilliant in doing this, but it's these five circles and they all overlap, you know, prayer, rest, relationships, uh, or prayer, rest, renewal, relationships and work. And like Holly said, yeah, the love of God is at the center. And I just want to say a a scripture about that, that John 15, Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, like we said, the goal of intentional spirituality, we said, was about offering our whole lives as worship. Well, the pathway, like how we do that, um, is by abiding in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so even as we take inventory of these five spheres of our life, what we're really trying to say is, how am I abiding with Jesus in my prayer life, in my relationships, in my rest, in my renewal, in my work? And as I'm abiding in him, you know, how's that bearing fruit? And so it's worth kind of in those areas to say, what are the spiritual practices um, that we need in, in those five spheres? And uh, here's what I thought. I mean, I, I think we actually all have um, some sort of default rhythms. For example, so right. yeah, the story you were, you were saying yeah. to me about relationships seven or eight years ago, we were at a conference together and we were doing something like this was a rule of life, which is very, very similar to this. Um, and one of the categories was relationships. And I was supposed to write down what my practices were or rhythms were for connecting with other people. And I had nothing there, uh, like nothing that I had written down. And, and I realized that that was an area of my life that I thought that that's a luxury. You know, I'm a pastor. I, I have to be with people who invite me over and I have to do, you know, be at people's houses who, 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 you know, who ask for us. I don't get to choose um, but actually you do get to choose. And, and, you know, you've heard me talk about this with the resilient pastor book. It's such a high percentage of pastors are lonely. don't feel supported. Right. They feel isolated. And a lot of that is because we're doing relational work, but we don't have the actual intimacy with people. And I've said this in the resilient pastor 
stuff, but it's worth kind of saying again, the reason relationships are challenging for pastors is because our work is relational work. So it's got this illusion of intimacy, but the relationships are asymmetrical, meaning there's a power differential there and they're non-reciprocal. So you're the person they call when they're in crisis, but they're not the person you call when you're in crisis. So, and that's right. because of it's asymmetrical and non-reciprocal. So these relationships have an illusion of intimacy. And then secondly, it's because our relational muscle is fatigued. You know, we're tired after doing all these rela- this relational work of appointments, of leading a team. We don't want to be with friends. That's how I felt. But in the intentional year, we're really inviting you to, to choose relationships on purpose and to kind of say, man, how do we in, in, invest in particular people? Right. So in the book, we have um, a little diagram that, excuse me, <clears throat> that has different circles, concentric circles in it to talk about. Okay. Because I think in our minds, don't we sort of have that a little bit of like mm-hmm. who we actually, we kind of know, okay, maybe it's our family or close friends are kind of in, these are my most consistent relationships who I talk to the most, who I get together the most, who I would consider my closest people. And then sure. we might have, you know, extended family or other friends that we see periodically. And then, you know, outside of that, maybe it's people you work with, mm-hmm. um, people you volunteer with, mm-hmm. just people you see, you know, occasionally at different types of things. And then beyond that, maybe it's, um, I guess that could also be people you work with sure. too, maybe just the people you see. Um, that aren't as close, but maybe you actually do see them fairly frequently, but you wouldn't consider them as close to you. Yeah. So the diagram is again, concentric circles, like Holly was saying, and like you have this inner circle, it's family, close friends, and it works its way outwards. Mm -hmm. And, And think of that, not necessarily in terms of value a little bit, but, but more in terms of like time and, and, and investment. And we have found that there are some of those circles that will change um, in season to season. We'll say, actually, this this is a season to really have regular interactions with our leadership team. And so we'll have like a dinner group, you know, once a month Mm -hmm. with our leadership team, or, or maybe it's like, no, actually we need to make room for these two or three couples in our lives. And we want to plan, um, a Friday night or something. And other times, you know, maybe it's like you're, Hey, you're trying to be intentional, but your friends are not, you know, you, you, what you could do is just create a margin where it's like, Hey, we're not going to overschedule our lives. We're going to leave two or three nights a week open so that we can say yes for the moment for those friends who are more spontaneous. Right. And I think the point of it is just that we're not like wholly being responsive or reactive to others. Like, Oh, okay. This person's asked, so we have to do this. And I think, especially in ministry, we yes. can easily feel like Glenn had mentioned earlier, fill up all of our time or even evenings with just with responding yes. to people. And so this is a way to prayerfully think through, okay, for this, maybe three months, six months, mm-hmm. a year, who is the Lord calling me to be really intentional with? And then how can I be proactive in reaching out to them and scheduling it and really make doing what I need to do to make it happen in, in the book. And this is just one of the five areas, mm-hmm. but actually it is kind of a key area. And I, I especially think it's a key area for people in, in vocational ministry, but we recommend thinking through your relationships and discerning three possible actions with each of them. One is to lean in or let lie or let go. So you might say, okay, Lord, is this a relationship to lean into? Like, yes, this is good. I want more time, more consistency. And then other relationships, you're like, maybe this is one to just sort of let lie. Like, I'm not getting as much interest or initiation back from them or initiative sort of, you know, back from them. So maybe we'll just let it rest, see what happens. 
there are other ones that it's time to let go of because it's like this this is not a healthy kind of mm-hmm. uh, situation and it's not necessarily that they're toxic but they're not mm-hmm. necessarily great you know so which relationships to lean in which to let lie which to let go um it, it's helpful to think of um it's helpful to think of these practices as not just having a bunch of rhythms for each of those five spheres, isn't it? Like sometimes one practice right. could actually fill a few of those marks. Yes. Right. I mean, I, I think about Sabbath, like Sabbath is one of those things where you look at the five spheres of prayer, rest, renewal, relationships, work. If you introduced in your life as a pastor, just the practice of a Sabbath, maybe it's 12 hours, maybe you can't do mm-hmm. you know full 24 hours, whatever. Well, that alone is a place that is a rhythm of prayer. It's a rhythm of rest. It's a rhythm of renewal because you're doing something that's play or, or encourage, you know, life giving. Mm-hmm. And it might even be a real rhythm of relationships because you get together with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. We really like that. Can that overlapping circles. You mm-hmm. can kind of see where things flow in different areas of life and overlap. Maybe let's explain each of the five mm-hmm. spheres a little bit, what you're looking for. So you're, you're taking inventory of the existing practices and then you're deciding what specific ones you're going to engage in, in each area. How would you describe each of these five areas? Yeah. So the first one being prayer, um, we would call it prayers, uh, rhythms of devotion. Mm -hmm. And so that could, you know, as we know, there's so many different ways we could have that devotional life with the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's specific, you know, different contemplative prayers or you're praying in the car or your whatever way that you're reading scripture. Um, but it's, for those of us who may be a little more flowy with it, or I'll get to it later, or ends up getting crowded out by ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an opportunity to really like to kind of put everything out there in front of the mm-hmm. Lord and say, okay, Lord, how would you want me to engage with you in this year? Yeah. And then <laughs> rhythms of rest are basic or rest is basically rhythms of slowing mm-hmm. down. Like, and that could be the Sabbath thing, but it could also be just anything like, when am I going to put my phone away? When am I right. you know, going to not check email? Um, renewal is like rhythms of play. You want to describe that? Like just stuff that kind of reminds you to be light hearted. Yeah. I think a good question you can ask yourself is what do I do to have fun? And I think sometimes there's been many seasons for me, I think for Glenn too, where we like, what are we doing to have fun? Mm -hmm. What are we doing to play? And I think this is really one of the, we might tend to put this to the side and prioritize everything else first. But Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to someone talk a while back about a study that a couple Mm -hmm. key universities had done. I think Duke was one of them. And it was a study with pastors Mm -hmm. and asking, you know, or they were trying to figure out what, would help pastors not burn out. I think burnout after 20 years. Mm. And, um, through that study that, you know, I was, when I was listening to this, people were guessing all these things about what the key <laughs> was the like, key? maybe yeah. it's more education. Yeah. Maybe it's, um, you know, having longer quiet times with the Lord or, you know, get all these yeah. kind of spiritual practices and the best key indicator of not burning out in ministry is play <laughs> of having a consistent practice of play. And that was, so that was really encouraging. Well, I don't know if it was at the time, but I was like, okay, Lord, you know, this is some convicting. Yeah. yeah, Um, to have in our lives. So maybe asking yourself like, what, what is some like, Lord, what do maybe back when I used to have fun, like what are things that I can do for fun? And it could be so different for everyone. Some people might be reading for other people. It might be something really active and being in nature or, or playing Madden with you know, your 13 year old son on his new right. Xbox. Like just for, for me, example, I, like for me, one of the most <laughs> fun things that I love to do that I don't do often is going to see a Broadway yeah, or musical. Yeah, like, sure. it's not like, Oh, I go do that every weekend. Yeah. But if I could go a couple times a year, it's really fun. It's great. 
and then rhythms of relationships we've talked a lot about and then finally rhythms of, of or or um yeah work which is rhythms of mission and that's that's really you know just kind of how we work when we work and there's all kinds of things to say there hey as we wrap up the final kind of third section of the book is about turning these rhythms into events in the calendar and it, so if you think about it this way it's like practices but practices arranged in a frequent regular way so that's rhythms practices become rhythms and then rhythms become events and right. and the reason is so that you are actually simplifying the work for yourself you're not having to say when am i going to work out or when am i going to get together with friends or when am i going to read or i just don't know what i'm going to do you know life is already pretty wild we have four kids you know like it's it's, it's pretty wild and that's not to say that when you make these plans in your calendar, you stick to them all the time. We most certainly do not. But I think of it a little bit as like charting a course in the ocean and the waves and the winds are going to cause you to drift off course. But at least you kind of generally know the direction you're aiming at. And that's think of it that way. Okay, we're, we're not super rigid. We're not sticklers about our calendar. Like we frequently, you know, have things that derail our schedule all the time. You know, kids get sick or whatever. So, um, but, but when you put it in your calendar, it's a way of just simplifying. It's like making pregame decisions. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to make every decision real time of like, when am I going to do this? How often am I going to do this? Where am I going to pray? Where, you know, um, what prayer book am I going to use? Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of the heart of all of this. And so we've said the goal of intentional spirituality is, you know, laying our lives before the Lord, the pathways abiding in Jesus, but the fruit, what's, what's our hope, you know, in all of this, the fruit of intentional spirituality it's just loving God and and loving others well. And, you know, people have asked us, like, what's your hope for people that they read this book? Is it that they'll be super disciplined and intentional? Like, uh, really, our hope is that we would bear fruit. Um, the, the fruit would show up in the way that we love God and love others. Mm -hmm. And I think also just we hope all these practices will lead you to just, a, on, you know, an ongoing relationship with the Lord throughout the day and yes, all you do yes, that you will really yes, see yes. God and just the normal things and that you'll be able to, you know, as we look for him or it was as we look back, even sometimes mm -hmm. that's a way to, to see his work. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, I love that so much. And you know, the subtitle of the book is simple, simple rhythms for finding freedom, per peace and purpose. Um, all of us are busy in ministry. All of us have so much going on. This is not meant to be another to-do list. This actually could, is meant to possibly simplify your life to make you say, what am I doing that I actually don't need to keep doing? And why, why am I doing that? And to what end? Like, what's the reason I'm doing this? And so as you refine things, again, you might find one or two practices that actually meet two or three of the spheres uh, of your life. And, and then you can say, you know, like Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. It's kind of the sense of agency. Like you, 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 you're not in control, but you do have a certain measure of agency. You do have uh, some God given ability to choose in your life. And so our hope in, is in being intentional. It's not a, an attempt to control your life, but it's a way of saying, okay, I will use the free will that God has given me to participate with the Holy Spirit's work of making me more like Jesus so that I can bear fruit that will result in good for the world and the glory of God. That's our prayer for you, resilient pastors. God bless you. Season three is coming soon. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.